I'm on the train. You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. Now alongside Coach Edwards, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy. Four times in the last six years, the Arizona State Sun Devils have been victorious in their annual Pac-12 football trip to the city of Los Angeles with wins at USC in 2014 and 18 and victories at UCLA in 2013 and 15. This coming Saturday, Coach Herm Edwards, 24th-ranked Sun Devils, will try to make it five ASU wins in Tinseltown in the last seven years when they visit the iconic Rose Bowl in Pasadena for a matchup with the revitalized UCLA Bruins. We invite you to join us for the next hour as we preview the ASU-UCLA game and talk Sun Devil football here on All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Good evening, everybody. I'm Tim Healy, the radio play-by-play voice of the Sun Devils and your host for tonight's show. With me, as always, second-year ASU head coach Herm Edwards. And together, Herm and I welcome you to our show, which originates live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen. Visit the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen on First and Farmer in Tempe every week during the ASU football season for all aboard with Coach Herm and stay for great food and an ice-cold beverage. We think we have a terrific hour of Sun Devil football conversation headed your way. In the guest department, as far as player guests tonight, we're going quality and not quantity. We only have one guest with us player-wise, but what a guest it is. The all-time single-season rushing leader in Arizona State football history, Sun Devil running back Eno Benjamin will drop by in a little bit. And by the way, if you're keeping score at home, Eno joined us last year, and on that show, he was a solo guest. We'll have to check what the uh, talent fees are for something like that. And then also dropping by will be Arizona State's first-year running backs coach, one of the most successful high school coaches in state history, Sean Aguano, will stop by for a visit. A reminder, this season we're airing All Aboard, presented by Coors Light on Facebook Live. For fans who can't join us here at the Lodge, you can check out the live stream of the show on the Sun Devil Football Facebook page. So, with our show formatted in quarters, let's begin the first quarter of tonight's broadcast. Welcome to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. First quarter. Always a pleasure to welcome in Sun Devil head coach Herm Edwards. Good to see you, Herm. Good to be back. Feel like I'm in Utah. Yeah. I know. What is going on? It's cold out here. Yeah, I I actually uttered the words, I'm almost chilly, and I can't believe I did that in a place where it was so warm uh, just a couple of weeks ago. But it's a breezy, cool evening here at the Lodge. But uh, things are going to be a little toastier in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, High temperature tomorrow in the low 90s, high temperature in the high 80s for uh, Saturday's game at the Rose Bowl against a UCLA team that... Looks like, uh, at least from an offensive standpoint, Herm, they're starting to feel their oats a little bit in, sec- in the second year under Chip Kelly. Yeah, they're playing well. Uh, quarterback uh, has established himself. they got a good a good running game as well. Uh, they're running for about 160 yards, and they're scoring points about 27 a game. So uh, Chip does a great job of uh, – you know, running his offense, and, and all of a sudden they're finding their their sea legs, as you would say, and, and and they're a better running team than people get them credit for. I think we think of Chip Kelly, you think he's throwing the ball all over right. the ball yard, but that's not the case. Yeah, he, he likes to run the football. Even when he had those great offenses at Oregon, their rushing numbers were astronomical Absolutely. with guys like LaMichael James and uh, some of the great running backs yep. they had up there. They got two good ones uh, uh, right now too, and uh, they run it, uh, and they'll throw it around a little bit, but. 
they're, they're very balanced uh, in a very explosive offense. What I think is an interesting component of this matchup, you're going to have two of the youngest teams in the league. We've talked all year about you playing 29 freshmen, true freshman starting quarterback, two true freshmen in the offensive line. The Bruins, 53% of their roster consists of freshmen. That's the second most in the FBS and uh, they have 64 total freshmen. That's third most in the country. Yeah, and, and, and that was, you know, I know Chip, and last year we talked about that, about where he was with his football team. Uh, we, we had some more seniors with ours, and, um, you know, we just felt we'd be at the same place mm-hmm. in about a couple of years, and we'd have a bunch of young guys trying to build a team. But it, it's good to have a, a veteran presence, and you mentioned the guy that's here tonight, you know, Benjamin. It's it's good to have a guy like that in Cabral and, and guys on the offense that, that, that have a lot of experience that can help some of the young guys. Absolutely. Eno had a huge game against UCLA last year as the Sun Devils were able to rush for what was about 280 yards in that ball game. That is the number, about 281. Wow. So, that's, yeah, a pretty impressive, that's a pretty impressive day's work. After the way things went last week in Utah, I've got to believe all your players just can't wait to get back out on the field. Absolutely. And, and I think um, anytime you lose a game like that, um, and you got to give Utah a lot of credit, um, a lot of it was, was due to the fact that um, when we got within almost a score, mm-hmm. uh, they wouldn't allow that to happen. Uh, we put ourselves uh, behind the chains a lot on, on, on offense. We were a lot of third and eights, third and twelves, third and tens. That's very difficult uh, to convert third mm-hmm. downs that way. And when you don't do that, you, know, you don't possess the ball. And uh, the weather had something to do with it as well, but they just played well. They, they played well, but we, we had some opportunities and just didn't cash in on them. They have as good a defense as I think we'll see all year. And yet, as you said, until uh, that last touchdown by Zach Moss, your team was right in the ball game. Clearly, they were dominating, the, setting the tone of the game. But your team was right there with a chance to be, to chance to win. Well, at fourteen to three, you feel like it's a game like Michigan State and, and Cal, and we knew that, and that it was going to be a tight, low-scoring football game. Mm-hmm. And if we could just Made a field goal, it's one score. If his touchdown is one score, and it never got to that. you got to give them credit for that, though. Jaden Daniels certainly had uh, one of those uh, days at the office that a true freshman quarterback is going to have at some point. Uh, uh, but he strikes me as a kid that uh, will learn from every experience that he has this year. And I imagine he probably has a, a book full of notes that uh, he'll remember from last week's game. He will, and, and I think you know the way he started out for us um, – he, he was on this 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 great ride, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I told him when we were walking off the field together, I said, "Hey, it's okay. You can be a freshman. You, you were a freshman today, and that's part You're of it. it's part of the growing pains." And, and and I said that numerous times that there's going to be some times we take some dips, but at the end, um, I, I think what I liked about that game, we were able to st- we, we ran the ball pretty good, and, and Eno had a good day against a good defense. That's something so, so that that's, I think you have to really uh, plug into because this is a defense that had been giving up, I think, just over 50 rushing yards a game, yep. and your offense uh, was able to more than double that, and Eno went over the 100-yard mark for the third straight game. Yeah, with only 15 carries. Exactly. So, he averaged so, so, about seven you know, yards a pop. Yeah, so that's something you want to build on, and I think we have to continue to build on that as the season um, goes on. Another strength or a, a, a positive I took out, I thought your defense played well enough to win in that football game. Well, if you, you feel like if you get four turnovers, takeaways, you have an opportunity, and it, we just didn't cash in. And a lot of it... 
we sh- you know we shot ourselves in the foot a couple of times. We went backwards, you know, and, and yeah. you can't do that against a, a very good team like that at home. And, and so a lot of things, but you got to give Utah credit. They were the better team that night, and I'm not taking anything away from those guys. How about Bradley and I? He's a pretty darn good player, isn't he? <laughs> you think? Yeah. They got six guys, five guys on defense. Those are NFL guys play on Sundays. You'll be watching them next Thursday night when you come to the game. <laughs> next year we'll be looking watching at those guys on television. Oh, there's Bradley and I. I <laughs> yeah, remember they're, on, they're on television now. They're out of our conference. Get them out of our conference. Now, I remember Eno actually told me that he got to know Bradley at the Pac-12 Media Day. said okay. he's a really yeah. nice young man. And of course, his dad, interestingly, was a star at BYU. And, mm-hmm. of course, he goes to Utah yeah. and is uh, just uh, playing terrific. Uh, no question about it. Um, what, what? As you assess the penalty issue from last uh, week, we were emotional at times, uh, and I've always said you can't be an emotional football player. You can be passionate, but not emotional. Emotionally, you, you make errors, mm-hmm. and then that's not like us. I actually apologized to the coach when the game was over. I said, "Hey, this is not how we play. This is this is uncharacteristic of our football team." And I think our players understood it as well. But we put ourselves in, in, in bad situations with with some fouls, with some foolish fouls that emotionally we got going. Um, but it was one of those games. You know, it was a little chippy. It was. It was going to be chippy in the beginning. And I think with those games, it, it's always when somebody gives you the business in football, we call it giving you the business, you know, mm-hmm. messing with you, poking at you, hitting you a little <laughs> with echo of the whistle. You can't retaliate because they always get the second guy. Yeah. And we just happen to be the second guy a couple times. Mm-hmm. And that's never good because they catch you. That's an experienced team. Oh, work, boy, huh? I tell you what. Yeah, there's some chippiness. <laughs> there's always some chippiness. You know, it's, it's, they give, we, we called it when I was playing to give you the business. You know, somebody's well, giving you the business. It's funny you mention that because I remember there was a classic clip of one of the NFL referees or officials. I don't know if it was Red Cashin or what, yeah. but he's calling a penalty and he actually said, hey, he's giving them the business in there. Giving them the business, man. It's, it's one of those deals. It's a football. <laughs> It's kind of a football deal. <laughs> That's an all-time NFL yep. Films classic. Yep. You know, uh, you got a targeting foul on Evan Fields. Yeah. That, I thought, was a bang-bang play. I, I think it was targeting, but it certainly wasn't any kind of malicious play on No, Evan's if you part. know Evan Fields, he's not a dirty player at all. And uh, I felt bad for the kid. When I went in at halftime, first thing, he walked up to me and he was apologizing. He was almost had tears in his eyes, you know, because he, he wanted to be out there with his football team. I said, Evan. Look, you, you, that that's not who you are. Don't 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 even don't concern yourself with right. that. It's just, you know, today if you lead with the helmet, and it was one of those deals. He was trying to make a tackle, a low tackle as the runner's going down, and it just happened to be his helmet got in the way and hit the guy, mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to kick you out. Yeah. I mean, as soon as it happened, I said he's out. He's going to be gone. You know, we had a couple of those last year, mm-hmm. never intentionally, but um, Evan's not that kind of player at all. And the good thing, if you can say it in that way, is the fact that because it happened in the first half. He is eligible and available from the get-go Saturday at UCLA. Yeah, it's kind of funny because last week their center got kicked out mm-hmm. for targeting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, come to think of it, wasn't the UCLA game last year where Merlin Robertson yeah. got a second-half targeting? That's exactly right. Missed the first half at Oregon, mm-hmm. and boy, was he a difference maker when he came on in the second half of that game when your team rallied and almost won. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and, and that's a severe penalty, and you know it. But but they're trying to take the helmet out of football, rightly so, because they're trying to protect the players. It's in the best players' interest, and it's and it's, it's for football at, at all levels, even in, in professional football. Probably with professional football, they're not kicking you out because mm-hmm. you don't have 100 players. Yeah, yeah. And those guys make a lot of money. That's and right. they don't kick them out. Now, they'll mm-hmm. give them 15-yard penalty. They don't, you know, NFL guys, they, they won't do that. They don't yeah. kick them out now. But, yeah. but college, you know, it's a little different rule, but it, it's still the safety of the game is critical when you play football. 
What's your sense of the team's uh, mindset as they've gone about their business this week? I, I think able to shut the they, door. They on were disappointed, Saturday. but they're not discouraged, and that's okay. You need to be disappointed. We all are disappointed, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think we'll have a team that, that will play very, very uh, hard this week again. Uh, hopefully, passionate, yeah, and not yeah. emotional. Not emotional. As you know, we have a lot of kids from the from Southern California on our yeah. team, and thing we i've talked about all week is the distractions of you know tickets and all that stuff get get it all done i've, I've said that all week don't let the distractions of going home all of a sudden lose your focus on what's important yeah because there are a bunch of socal kids and boy I, you see it firsthand you know especially with your when when you're with the team at the hotel that it can be a challenging uh, it can be a challenging thing but you know all the kids love to play in front of their home sure. their home crowd but yeah. uh Man, it can, it can be distracting. Yeah, at, at, at all levels, you know, in, in college and in professional football as well, you know, you go on the road with, with a guy that's never been on the road. I can remember my first road game um, with the Eagles. We came back and played San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I, I had more people calling me, like, guys, you know, before you know it, I got 50 ticket requests. I said, <laughs> and, I, I'm, and I'm calling back. I said, you don't have to pay for these things. They're not free. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And I'm a rookie, too. Yeah. I'm like, You're killing me right now. Where do you think I'm getting these tickets? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. The Sun Devils taking on a UCLA team on uh, Saturday that's 2-5 and five on the year, 2-2 two and two in Pac-12 play. Their two wins are both in conference, both on the road. Their one win may be the college football game of the year. Oh, boy. When you're trailing by 32 points in the third quarter and you win without going to overtime, yeah, that's probably going to qualify. 67-63, they beat uh, Washington State on uh, September 21st. And then last week uh, against a Stanford team that uh, has suffered major injury issues at quarterback, uh, they dominated Stanford on the road 34-16. to uh, What catches your attention most about the Bruins? Well, just like last year, you know, toward the end, they're, they're becoming a better team. I mean, you can kind of see it. You know, they're getting some confidence. Uh, similar to when we played them. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a three-point game. Yeah. It was a three-point It was a three-point game. It wasn't like it was a blowout. It was a three, but all our games were close. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nothing new, right? Yeah. But um, they're a talented group. They have some talented players. So uh, it, it'll, be, it'll be a good game. This is the best stat I can come up with on UCLA. In their first three games this year, all of them were losses to non-conference teams that are currently ranked in the top 35 in the country in total defense, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, and San Diego State. The Bruins averaged 263 total yards. In their last four games, including two Pac-12 road wins, they are averaging 512 yards. Yeah. What have you? Is it just guys that are just starting to get it? Yep, they're getting it, and uh, the quarterback's playing well. Dorian Thompson yeah, he's, Robinson. He's playing well. He's making some, some plays in the passing game, and he can extend the play with his legs. You know, he's a good runner, and mm-hmm. you, you, that makes you nervous because the unannounced play, uh, you don't you don't practice against it. It's the quarterback when he takes off and leaves, and he can do that. And they've got some talented backs and some receivers, so they can they can move the ball. Their Achilles heel appears to be on defense. In fact, they are ranked 128th in the FBS out of 130 teams in pass defense, and they're giving up about 34 points per game. They are, and uh, we got to keep that going this week. We we got to we got to move the ball on offense, and I think our offenses have had a good week. And, and you know, we need to be balanced, obviously, but we have to. The thing with offense, you have to make first downs. Yeah. And you get plays. Uh, when you don't make first downs, you know, we had six uh, three-and-outs last week. 
early in the game, and that's why the score was like 14 to three. We, then the second half we got a little bit going, but but never continued to move the ball. So we got to make first downs. It's like in baseball they talk about pitchers throwing first pitch strikes. To me, in football, it's about the yards you can gain on first down. Exactly right. And um, when you can make three yards, you'd be surprised how much easier it is to call a play. Second down, because now you find yourself, worst case scenario, it's going to be third and four or less. Yeah. And you're good. I mean, you feel like you can convert and make another first down. It's almost like in a a baseball term, you're controlling the at-bat. If you can get three or four yards on first down, no question about it. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Lots more coming your way in tonight's edition of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light. Up next, we visit with the Pac-12 rushing champion from 2018. Oh, by the way, he's not having a bad year in 2019 either. Sun Devil running back Eno Benjamin will drop by in a moment. But first, this timeout on the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Let's start the second quarter of All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. On game day, leave the driving to Lyft, proud partner of Sun Devil Athletics. Download the Lyft app and enter the code SUNDEVILS for $5 off your first four rides. And here's an idea. You might want to take a lift to uh, the newly named Desert Financial Arena tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. The ASU volleyball team will be hosting the Oregon Ducks. And let's, uh, let's hear it for the ASU volleyball team. Last Sunday, they were in Pullman, Washington trailed 21st-ranked Washington State two sets to none and rallied to beat them in five sets. So uh, they're trying to build some momentum. Sonia Tomasevich doing a good job coaching that ASU volleyball team. And they're at home against the Oregon schools this weekend. They'll play the Ducks tomorrow night at 7 and then uh, Oregon State at noon on Sunday. Take a lift and get to the arena and support the Sun Devils in volleyball as we welcome you back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light, our weekly ASU football coaches show that comes your way live each week from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen at First and Farmer in Tempe. Come on down, great food and beverages, lots of TV screens. For some reason, they let some Vikings fans in here uh, this evening. Uh, as uh, they're as they are uh, they are giving it to my lame Washington Redskins right now. I don't even know what the score is, but uh, in any event, a lot of good Sun Devil fans here. Come on down and join us at the lodge. I'm Tim Healy, the radio voice of the Sun Devils, and it's time to welcome in our one and only player guest tonight. But what a guest he is! Last year, he set the Arizona State single season rushing record with his 1,642 yards, fifth most in the nation. And this year, he's picking up where he left off a year ago. His 633 rushing yards are the second most in the Pac-12, as are his nine total touchdowns scored and his seven rushing touchdowns. He comes from the Dallas area, Wiley, Texas. Always a pleasure to welcome Eno Benjamin to the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. You got the vocal cords rested up because Eno, in answer to a uh, Herm Edwards radio show trivia question, is the only guy that's gone solo as a guest, and he's done it two straight years. What, your teammates don't like coming on with you, or what? I'm not sure. I think they're scared I'm going to steal the spotlight. (laughs) Never, never with you. Uh, Kyle Williams, we should say, was supposed to join you tonight, but Kyle had a church commitment, and uh, it's too bad. I mean, it's, it's good for the church, but uh, it's bad for us because he would have been a great guest. He's rather outgoing, gentlemen, isn't he? 
Um, you could say so. Um, yeah. He's very committed in what he does, especially with um, trying to push um, just the word of God on us. And I feel like a, a lot of people on our team are, are accepting of that. And um, uh, we try to do um, a little Bible study every week and get that going. That's awesome. Yes, That's sir. awesome. And uh, how about his commitment to what he wants to do of be an orthopedic surgeon, too? Yeah. Huh? yeah. Yes, sir. He'll be the first guy I've often said that will get hurt on a football field, diagnose his own injury, and then treat his own injury on the field. All right, a year ago, you set the ASU single-season rushing record. You had the terrific year we just talked about. Uh, some folks would probably say, man, what can he do for an encore? Well, I'd say so far, so good. Uh, size up your season to date for us. Um, really, I think I'm just doing what i got to do to um, help the team succeed, and um, I feel like that's what's most important at this point in time. What uh, was your mindset in the offseason, or what were, the, what were your goals, ambitions relative to your play coming into this year? I wanted to win. Um, team first mentality. I felt like um, this summer, this this whole off season, you could see our team really form that bond, a bond, and get close with each other. And so, um, winning's always been on our minds um, as a team, and um, that's what we're trying to go out there week to week and improve. And a lot of times, and a lot of years, that's where it starts, isn't it? Isn't in the off season. Uh, what what kind of participation did y'all have? What kind of uh, mindset did you see among your teammates in that time? Um, just like in workouts, um, it wasn't a lot of just man versus man was a lot of uh, team group competitions and stuff mm. like that being able to um, look to your left and look to your right and being able to count on them to get their job done and so you can move on and move to the next drill and stuff like that um, and also you can see it um, a lot when we went to Camp uh, T um, we saw a lot of those those guys spending time with each other from both sides of the ball and just like I said building and forming that bond with each other what are your reflections on Camp what will be your ref- reflections on Camp Tanazona uh, it's, it's always such a revered uh, aspect of Arizona State uh, football history. What, what do the players think about it? I think one thing that I'll always take away um, is just the conversations that took side in Creekside Cabin. Um, just a lot of great talks in there. Um, there's a lot of um, emotional people in there. I'm just crying just because of just telling their story, telling what their wow. goals are and what they want from the season and just being able to hear everyone talk. Um, I think that's one thing that will forever st- stick with me about Camp 2. That's where teams really bond, isn't it? Places like that, camps like that. Yeah, Yes, sir. Let's talk about the running game. It seems like you're starting to, it's starting to move along the last three or four weeks. Perhaps not coincidentally with your offensive line getting settled in. Uh, talk about how you feel the running game is progressing. Um, just being able to um, know who's going to be there um, week in, week out, and just being able to build and form that communication line with those guys. Um, I've forever been co- um, confident with communicating with uh, Cole Cabral um, and as well Steve um, and Alex Lasoya. Those are guys who are veteran guys who've mm-hmm. been there and were there last year as well. I mean, so I'm um, just throwing in some new pieces, being able to talk with them, tell them what I see. Um, um, just anything as far as how I want you to set as far as um, me getting out of the route that could help me and stuff like that or me able to stay in and help you with blocks and stuff like that. So I feel like um, we're, we're building something. And as you've seen um, the last few games, um, the run game has been um, picking up, and I think we're just going to continue that. And I think that's one of the reasons why you've told us before that you often sit in on the offensive line position meetings as well as your running back meetings, don't you? Uh, yeah, yes, sir. Um, it's always important to know what those guys are doing up front. Um, and so um, Coach 
Buonano and on, on the rest of the running backs and I. We go into the offensive line meeting room, sit down, and um, just learn some things from Coach Christensen and just being able to be on the same key and see the same thing that they're seeing on the field. You have two true freshmen in that O-line, young men with a lot of talent. Ladarius Henderson at left tackle, Donovan West started at center this year and then moved to right guard. Uh, size up those two fellas for me. They're doing a, a tremendous job. Um, it's not an, an easy task um, being asked to come play um, as a true freshman. Um, in the O-line. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so, I mean, even last year or my freshman year, um, I, I'm forever grateful that I was able to learn and see things from other people before going out there and so just them being able to be able to be thrown in the fire and be able to do and perform at a high level is a tremendous thing. Of course you have another freshman in the lineup and he's fairly good. He wears number five. Jaden Daniels, your quarterback from your unique perspective usually lining up either behind or to the left or right of Jaden. Give me your take on how he's progressed and what are some of the qualities he has that impress you the most as a player and teammate? Um, he, he's different. I think what impresses me the most about um, Jaden Daniels is his maturity levels. Um, um, I oftentimes say um, when he steps into the, the meeting room or the wa- workout or locker room, you wouldn't even think he's a freshman um, just because of the way he handles himself and carries himself. Um, Jaden came in and, um, and then the summer, the rest of his class came in and you forgot Jaden was in their grade because he's been here and he's been doing it. And same, same with things with the other quarterbacks that came in, people like Donovan West who also came in early. Um, uh, and that's just a true testament to the these coaches and the guys, the type of guys that they're recruiting to come play at this program. Jaden and Donovan in particular, boy, I, I'm on with, I'm on board with you on that. They just, just in the doing the interviews with the media during the week, they just don't comport themselves like they're new to this thing. Yeah. Yes, sir. Just a uh, two, f- you know, they're, they're they're like they've been here five years. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And on the field as well, Jaden plays like he's been here before, and he's very composed with that as well. With all that, how do you sense Jaden will respond? How do you think he took last week's loss at Utah, and how do you think you know that he's going to respond? I think just Jaden being the leader that he's always been, even in high school, um, just being that quarterback and having to um, take all, take it all, um, all, um, just the. the the, the loss you got to take it as a quarterback on yourself and so um, I just think that now that we have a, a, a bigger group around him veteran players and players that really respect him that are there to comfort him and um, just you, you should have seen practice this week um, just I felt like coach even Herm said it um, that we we had one of the best offensive practices this week um, guys like Brandon Ayuk um, Frank Darby those guys came to work and I, I think we we benefited from this week and hopefully you'll benefit on Saturday against uh, UCLA, a team that we've talked about. They're getting better offensively. Uh, give me your scouting report on the Bruins from your perspective and what kind of game you expect to see unfold. Um, I see a lot of uh, us in them and them and us um, as well. Um, those guys don't quit. Um, like you said, they were down 32 and they came back. And so those are some things that we got to look at. Those guys are um, they're, they're greatly coached. They, they have great coaches on their side. Chip Kelly's uh, a well-known coach for what he's done at this, um, at this level. And so um, we know it's going to be a dogfight they're two and two um in the conference play just like us and so we've got to go out they're going to come out ready to play and we've got to be ready to take them all i love watching you run there are so many ways to describe how you run your shiftiness your ability to elude tackles i think arizona state keeps track of uh, eno's missed tackles already this year 42 of them and that's the 11th most by any running back in the fbs but there are times when you run violently and you almost look for contact how would you describe you as a runner um, i'm just someone who likes to get the job done um if it requires running through the tackles running around people running through people um that, uh, that's what i'm going to do 
Where did you get the shiftiness, uh, the ability to uh, elude tackles, avoid tackles, avoid hits? I think it's really mainly just being able to see the field um, and know where people are coming from and which direction. I remember you talked last year when you were a kid back in Wiley. Didn't you play soccer, too? And I'm wondering how that impacted uh, things. Um, I, I did play a lot of soccer, um, and, and I think that's what's, that's one thing that helps me keep my balance um, and staying up while running. You've got defenders pulling and tugging you mm-hmm. um, all the time and stuff like that. Eno had one of the most interesting comments uh, of the season. A couple weeks ago, I, I was listening in when you were talking to some reporters, and you said that you actually like getting booed when you're on the road, that you would rather get booed on the road than get cheered at home. What is it about you? Why does that appeal to you? Um, I kind of think it's the same concept as I hate losing more than I love winning. Um, Something like that. I think those boos are just things of motivation and people hate you and want to see you do bad and so you've got to prove them wrong. Um, And I I feel like cheering to a point or at some point in time it feels like they're cheering all the good things you're doing and and sometimes too much of that is what gets you complacent. Mm What did it mean to you to set the ASU single-season rushing record a year ago, you know? Um, it means a lot, just being able to know the guys that came through here, um, D. Rich, um, Kalen Bellage, those are guys who, who, who've left their mark here as well. And, and so, you played with. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. And so just being able to um, see people like Woody Green and uh, people like Ryan Terrain come back and, and tell me things like that and just being able to see them playing what they're doing and knowing that I'm, I'm up there and that, that type of conversation is a, an amazing feeling. And knowing what a lot of them went on to do at the next level, too. Yeah, yes, sir, no doubt. What, uh, with so many of your teammates coming from SoCal, you're from, you're from the Dallas area, but do you kind of tap into the emotion that they probably feel when they go back to play either USC or UCLA? Um, yes, sir, because um, I feel like, like I said, that, that bond has made us close. And so what, they feel, what they're feeling is how, or how we're feeling. And so um, we know they're going to go out there and give it their all because those are guys that um, weren't the prototype guys to go to those type of schools they weren't big enough they weren't fast enough they weren't strong enough so they got a chip on their shoulder so those guys are going to go into the lead in this game and we've got to follow them and match their intensity two straight years as a solo interview i think he nailed it for the second straight year what do you think folks you know benjamin our guest tonight on all aboard you know thanks for coming on board buddy appreciate it one of the best interviews one of the best players i've ever seen at arizona state even a devil needs time to chill coors light mountain cold refreshment made to chill and remember 21 means 21. Up next, we'll visit with Eno Benjamin's position coach as ASU's first-year running backs coach, Sean Aguano, will join us. You're listening to All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light, broadcasting live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Now this timeout on the Sun Devil Radio Network. This is All Aboard, presented by Coors Light. Third quarter. New this season, we are airing All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, on Facebook Live. For fans who can't join us at the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, you can check out the live stream of the show on the Sun Devil Football Facebook page. Also new this season, fans, you can keep up with our ASU radio play-by-play team on Twitter and Instagram by following at SunDevilPBP. We continue now on tonight's installment of All Aboard with Herm Edwards, presented by Coors Light, coming your way as it does every week, live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen, first and farmer in Tempe. I'm Tim Healy, your host. Thank you for joining us tonight. In this segment, we spotlight one of the members of Herm Edwards' football staff at Arizona State. And our guest tonight is in his first season on Herm's staff after enjoying enormous success 
as a high school coach in the East Valley. In his eight years at Chandler High School, his teams went 88-19, and 19, winning four state championships, including three in a row his last three years, 2016-18. to 18, And he capped off his great career at Chandler High with a 65-28 win over Perry High School in the 2018 6A title game. Now he is the Sun Devils' first-year running backs coach. Great to have Sean Aguano at Arizona State. Sean, Thanks how are you, sir? Me. I'm fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, with the enormous success you had at Chandler High, one would think it would have been a difficult decision to leave that, albeit to, for a great opportunity to come to the collegiate level and coach for Herman Arizona State. Walk us through that process, uh, how you came about making that decision, and what were the factors that led to it? You know, I've worked for Coach Edwards uh, at the Under Armour game previous years before um, making that decision. Uh, he shared the same morals and, and uh, uh, that I looked for. Mm-hmm. It was an easy transition because that's exactly what I wanted to uh, in a head coach, what I wanted to have in a head coach. And so that, that was an easy decision. Leaving Chandler was, was hard. My wife's a teacher there. Mm-hmm. Um, been there for 18 years, um, moving there uh, from the islands. And all of my kids are, are there too. But uh, that was an easy transition. Whenever When coach asked me to come aboard, it was easy. And probably a little bit easier in that you didn't have to relocate out of town. You just stay here in the I got, East Valley, I got lucky, huh? yes. <laughs> that, and we're so glad that you're here. Uh, now, you sent several of your Chandler High School players on to Arizona State, among them former Sun Devil quarterback Bryce Perkins, who's having great success now at the University of Virginia, as well as Nikhil Harry and current Sun Devil defensive back Chase Lucas. Those are some pretty darn fo- good football players. Uh, what were they like to coach as high school kids? You know, they were teenagers, and so the, you know, they had their <laughs> ups and downs. That says it all right yeah, there, huh? <laughs> they had their ups and downs, but uh, they're incredible kids. Um, truly love them and, and excited to see how they progress through the years. Did they? Did Nikhil's success, has Chase's success, Bryce's, any surprises, or are they doing what you thought they had the potential to do all along? I, th- I thought they had the potential, you know, and, and it's then it becomes an attitude. I thought they had incredible athletic ability, and now it's uh, they're becoming men, and, and now have to transition into that, and, and I think they're going to do fantastic. How special is it for you in your first year at ASU to be able to coach with one of those kids, Chase Lucas, a starting cornerback on this team? You know, he's on the other side of the ball, and so he doesn't hear my voice yelling at him like he did in the high school ranks, so <laughs> every day I give him a hug. Uh, and, and just wish him well, and, and he's doing fantastic. Well, I think we all would agree that, boy, in the last, uh, I don't know how, what the time frame would be, 10, 15, 20 years, we have seen a significant upgrade in the quality of high school football in the state of Arizona and, and, and the quality of players coming from these programs. Uh, share with us your insights into that, what you think are some of the reasons for that. You know, I think there's a lot of quality coaches uh, in Arizona. I think you know, the population has, has, has varied. And, and when I moved here about 15 years ago, I thought uh, Arizona football was pretty good. I, I think now it's uh, they're competing at a high level at national games, um, and they're doing fantastic. And, and then there's a lot of quarterbacks out there at other, at other uh, colleges that are doing well. Mm-hmm. And so this has become a mecca of, of college recruiters coming into Arizona and trying to take our kids. Yeah. But uh, that's one of the ambitions of uh, this Herm Edwards Sun Devil program, isn't it, to build a fence around the state of Absolutely. Arizona? Absolutely. And you know, we want to keep the best kids, and we can't keep them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think every state 
uh, has has a problem with trying to keep their kids in state. Um, a lot of them want a new experience somewhere else. Sure. But we want to make sure that we keep the best kids here. And I, I think the ultimate goal also would be to just make all these kids want to play at Arizona State. And, and you know, and that's uh, and that's something that we definitely want. And, and you, the only way that happens is that you consistently win. And uh, I think we're in the in the direction we're going. There's more and more talk, and everybody wants to come to us now. And so Coach Edwards and the staff has been doing an incredible job. They sure have. Now, how for you, uh, what a plus. You Your first year as a running backs coach, and you get to take over a position group that features the young man we heard from in the last segment, one of the best running backs in college football. What's it like to be Eno Benjamin's position coach, Sean? You know, as long as I don't mess him up, we're, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what people don't understand is how intellectual he is. And not not just in the classroom, but in in the in the running back room, and, and wanting to know the whys, and 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 also making sure that the the guys in the room are also uh, uh, aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so he's a he's a leader and a teacher in the in the room as well. That's interesting because I know uh, talking to you up at Camp Tanazona, a couple of things I think you were hoping to see from Eno this year would be more more of a leadership role and getting involved in the passing game. And he is the Sun Devils' third leading receiver on the season. He scored two touchdowns, including a huge one to win the Sacramento State game through the passing game and uh, becoming more of a vocal leader on this team. I he think. is. And, and what I, I think that everybody understands, everybody looks to Eno um, on the offense side and the defensive side. Um, you know, he comes to the sideline and of, of course he wants the ball in every play uh, but he's a fantastic receiver uh, he's a all uh, three down back and so that's going to be very effective for him uh, later in his career give me your sense of how the running game has improved over the last few weeks and how it is progressing in your mind's eye i think it's progressing well you know i think it's just the, the click that the offensive linemen had to have and making sure that the younger linemen uh, are learning uh, i think it's 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 rolling uh, the way it should be, you know, you know, had 15 carries on 105 yards. It's about that time where uh, he's going to explode, and, I, and I'm excited for the next five games. Yeah, because it was around this time last year that he really kicked it into high gear uh, uh, in games against Utah and UCLA, interestingly enough, uh, at home. Behind Eno on the depth chart is a redshirt freshman <clears throat> from Louisiana, A.J. Carter, who's gotten a little bit of playing time this year. Tell us about A.J. A.J.'s coming around. Uh, I like his athletic ability. You know, I think the urgency uh, of him coming from the high school level through the college levels has to pick up. But uh, I like his uh, ability, athletic ability, and he's just learning the game, and he's going to be a good one. Now, with the news this week that one of your running backs, Isaiah Floyd, has decided to enter the uh, uh, transfer portal, uh, depth a little bit thin. What are your thoughts on that, and how are you uh, going to try to compensate? For you that? know, I think uh, we're going to use Kyle Williams. He was a running back in high school. I think uh, from a depth issue, I think we're fine. Uh, Eno carries the bulk of the uh, carries, and the other guys play roles in their game. Uh, I wish Isaiah luck, and he's an incredible kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but in our room, I think we're we're just fine with the the, the backs that we have. Now you have a young man that I think you're hoping to redshirt this year, Demetrius Flowers. Uh, tell us about Correct. him. Demetrius Flowers, uh, he needs to. He was hurt last uh, a year prior uh, with a labrum, and so he's coming about. He's getting a lot of the reps in the developmental, and that's a huge uh, uh, learning aspect that he needs to go through uh, from moving from the high school into the college ranks, but he's coming along well. And that's an aspect we don't talk about a lot, but all the, the developmental work that you and, your, and the rest of the staff do with uh, the younger kids on mm-hmm. this team. You know, I think Coach Edwards has done an incredible job 
putting together a developmental period for our, our players. I think in a lot of the colleges, they'll be waiting their turns, and a lot of times they don't get those practice reps. So those development reps are incredible for our younger kids to be ready to play in the next couple of years. What's your sense of how the team has gone about its business this week, Sean, after a tough day at the office in Salt Lake City last you know, week? It's, all, it's always good to see uh, younger kids uh, bounce back. And, and, and it's, I think it's a catch-22 because I think you know they're young and really don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but for them to be resilient and bounce back, they've been fantastic. Like Eno said and Coach said, that this is probably one of our best offensive practices uh, the last three practices that we've had during the year, and so we'll see how they uh, they do on Saturday. As a coach, what are some of the signs you look for in maybe your position group or your kids just to see how they are shaking off the previous week's defeat if they had it coming off a disappointing game? You know, first of all, uh, their body language coming into the in the meeting rooms. You know how upbeat they are, how well they go about uh, attacking the the film room and the way they attack practice, and they have been fantastic. And, you know, they have a great leader to look at, and you know. And so it's just another day going about it. And, and I would have been concerned if they came in and uh, with their heads down, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, they bounced back. And so hopefully that will be uh, a good sign come Saturday. How would you describe Eno's running style? Because it seems like there are so many shades to it or so many layers of, you know, he, he can run any way you want. He's a vicious runner. And then he's one that uh, can't be touched in a phone booth, and that's always a good thing. Um, and if you can, if you can picture those two things, but uh, um, he understands. And the reason why he's so good, he's intellectual in regards to the, the blocking scheme, and he understands the blocking scheme, so he gives himself an advantage when the game comes along. Sean, what kind of game do you expect to see unfold in uh, Los Angeles on or in Pasadena on uh, Thursday, uh, you know, Saturday? They're an athletic group, and so we need to make sure that we go about our business and take care of our business. I, I don't think that we need to worry uh, too much uh, of the scheme on their side. We need to take care of our business and do what we do best. And I think we need to um, keep going and running the football, and then uh, I think we'll be fine. Love the way this team has responded on the road. You've won two games against ranked opponents, and you hung in in a game where the offense was struggling. You hung in last week against a really good Utah team at their place. You know, I think uh, Coach Edwards and I had a conversation today. I think uh, we have not put together a game where the offense and defense and special teams all click, and I think it's coming. Um, the defense have played well enough to win last week, and, and uh, we just didn't take uh, uh, our opportunities. We didn't take advantage of that, but uh, we're a young team, and I think we're going to bounce back, and we're fine. Again, uh, we are so delighted to have you at Arizona State, Sean. Continued success to you, and thanks for coming it. on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. Sean Aguano, the Sun Devils running backs coach, our guest tonight on All Aboard. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment, made to chill. And remember, 21 means 21. Coach Edwards will rejoin me momentarily as we look ahead to Saturday's game at UCLA. You're listening to All Aboard, presented by Coors Light, here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. The fourth quarter is next on All Aboard with Sun Devil head football coach Herm Edwards. We thank you for joining us this evening on All Aboard with Herb Edwards, presented by Coors Light as we talk ASU Sun Devil football on this Tuesday night. The Sun Devils heading to Los Angeles tomorrow and uh, will play at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena on Saturday evening against the UCLA Bruins. Even a devil needs time to chill. Coors Light, mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And remember, 21 
means 21. Time now for us to conduct our two-minute drill winding down tonight's show as Coach Edwards rejoins us. Herm, first of all, talk about the asset Sean Aguano has been to your staff in his first year here. Well, as Sean mentioned, uh, I was fortunate enough to have him on my staff in the Under Armour All-American game. I coached for about eight years. and I want to say Sean was on my staff at least three or four times. And so I knew a lot about Sean, and obviously when I got here, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just kept in touch with him. And lo and behold, one of our coaches leaves, and it was the first call I made, you know, to Sean. And it was real simple. I said, Sean, and he said, I'm coming. I said, okay. <laughs> not not a very long conversation. Yeah, huh? yeah. and, you know, and, and, and great football coach. I admire him. Great father uh, and husband. Um, gets the community. Uh, does a great job with the kids. So, um you couldn't have a better asset uh, on your football staff. And how Sean rewarding Aguano. professionally for him. And the great job he did. Four state oh, championships at Chandler High School. Unbelievable. Some, yeah. some, some great players. And I was fortunate to coach a couple of his players in the Under Armour game. He had Nikhil and those guys. Mm-hmm. and You know, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about uh, your take on Eno Benjamin. What a great kid he is. Besides being, I, I just love watching him. I love the way he runs the football. Well, I think it's just more than that. It's his, his mental makeup and what he's about and, and coming into this year knowing that um you know the year he had last year obviously mm-hmm. he's going to lose a couple guys on the offensive line uh, we're starting a freshman quarterback i mean everybody in this in the stadium knows we're trying they're going to try to stop eno right i right. mean that's part of the deal and, and and early you know because of the, the rotation of offensive linemen it was difficult to run at times um, but I think we've, we've gotten our way past that now. And um, I, I think we have to continue to do that. Had a great day against uh, Utah uh, for, for the limited times he carried the football. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's almost at the same numbers he was last year, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's uh, what people forget. Yeah, yeah and, 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 and this is when we kind of took off, you know, and, and, and it was him. I mean, we, we leaned on, on Eno, and, and it got us going. So if, if, if that's what we have to do again, then – then we need to do that. We want to extend our thoughts to one of the other members of your staff, a great man and a terrific football coach, Danny Gonzalez, your defensive coordinator. His mom has been ill mm. back in, I believe, yeah. Albuquerque. Yes. And uh, he left uh, the team momentarily or uh, for a day or so to yep. be with his mom. Uh, update us if you Well, he, he, he came back today, and, and she's doing better. But um, uh, it, it wasn't good for a couple of days there. And yeah. so he, he went home and – you know, and I told him, I said, look, hey, you know, this this football takes care of itself. Family is always first, in, in my opinion. And I think our coaching staff knows that and our players know that. Whenever there's a family issue, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, that always, that always trumps football. And uh, you need to go be where you're supposed to be with your family. And that's the way he coaches his defensive players, like they're part of his family. No doubt. And, and you know, he didn't tell anybody. And, and I kind of mentioned it to the players uh, on my own to say, look, Here's what your coach is going through. So yeah. you need to you need to lean on him a little and be with him, you know. What kind of game do you expect to see on Saturday? Uh, uh, I, I think it'd be a very competitive game. Just like it was here. It was thirty one, you know, twenty eight, something like that. Yes but, it was. But I think our offense it, as Eno mentioned it, I, I felt good about what we did this week. Had a, had a really nice practice. And and I think we gotta continue to build on that. What I've witnessed with us so far, we haven't played a complete game in all three phases yet. That's what Sean Aguano was saying, where, yeah. Where we all just kind of played together in sync, and I'm hoping that's going to transpire now the next five weeks. 
I'm just really anxious to see all the all the young talent that will be on the field. Uh, two teams leaning heavily on freshmen. We did not see Dorian Thompson-Robinson last year. They had a kid, Wilton Spade, who used to play at Michigan, yep. and he threw for over 300 yards in that game. I'm anxious to see this Thompson-Robinson. He threw for over 500 yards in that come-from-behind win against Washington yeah, State. Yeah, he did. He's a talented player. And, I, and you know, you're mirroring the same kind of teams almost um, with youth, you know. We're probably playing more younger guys than they are, but mm-hmm. at the end, we're just we're both youthful and and chip. We we like I said, we talked about it two years ago when he took over that program, and I and I was able to come here and and uh, fortunate enough to be the head coach. Uh, same kind of thing we're going through. Yes, indeed. So Herm Edwards, Arizona State Sun Devils, Chip Kelly's UCLA Bruins. That's a pretty doggone good matchup this Saturday, and the Sun Devil Radio Network will have you covered. Our coverage begins at two thirty. The Sun Devil Tailgate Show, co-hosted by Jeff Munn and former Sun Devil defensive back Jordan Simone. And then Jordan and 1987 Rose Bowl MVP Jeff Van Rapphorst will join me for the game broadcast at 4.30 from uh, the Rose Bowl. Thanks to our great engineer producer, Sean Crespin, always on it. Thanks as well to ASU Senior Associate Athletic Director Tim Cassidy and Cody Fincher of the Sun Devil Radio Network for their help. Our great fans here at the Lodge, and thanks to the folks at the Lodge for opening their doors to us. Herm, great to see you. Good to see you, and another great turnout with our fans, man. They're, they're, they're fantastic, even in, the, even in the conditions. They're the best <laughs> on these windy conditions. We'll see you next week. Till next time, for Herm Edwards, I'm Tim Healy. So long, everybody. You've been listening to All Aboard with Sun Devil football coach Herm Edwards. All Aboard is presented by Coors Light and airs live from the Lodge Sasquatch Kitchen in Tempe. Arizona State football is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Mid First Bank.